Good morning. Don't, uh, don't allow few in number to dwarf the spirit to which we worship. We can be few in number and mighty in the spirit. Jesus does much with little when he's at the center of it. My prayer for you this morning is, is we have seen a theme, if you will, through Sunday school, and, and uh, guys, you're very blessed. Uh, Doc does a phenomenal job. Uh, and I would encourage all of you right now, if you do not come to Sunday school as an adult, come and get plugged in with Doc. Uh, he'll challenge you. He'll, uh, he'll lead you to desire to dig deeper. And that's what we're going to talk about even this morning in the Beatitudes. Uh, and I'm not just puffing Doc up, uh, but um, you're, you're very blessed. So this morning, turn with us to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. And I was going to <coughs> excuse me, read uh, from verse 1 all the way through 16, but I've got a lot of passages of Scripture that, that I want to share with you that describes exactly what I want to say um, within each point that we'll look at this morning. And I'm not going to promise you that we'll even get through with this message this morning. Uh, and I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to withhold the movement of the Holy Spirit of God and quench that by any means. And so uh, we're going to look at this idea of what it is to really hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you think about it, Miss Laura, and the theme that we've looked at from our eternal security and even the, the, the things we do in the, in the flesh of sin and uh, all that Jesus does in our victory, you know, it, it's all right there. And to, to have a revelation and then to repent and then revival, well, well guys, the essence of, of revival is when I choose to turn back to God. God is willing to give us that revelation, if you will, to reveal to us if we're but willing to repent. Now, this morning, I want you to dig deep into your soul. And, I, and I, it's, it's my prayer that none in, under the sound of my voice are just playing games, are just merely being religious. You're coming out of obligation instead of genuine desire. And so, um, you can be religious. You can be a church member. You can read the Bible every day. You can pray every day. But one or two things are going to happen. Either it's going to drive you and pull you closer to God, or you're going to justify your own way, and you're going to continue to get further and further even though you may dig a little deeper. And so, to hunger and to thirst after righteousness. For the scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Go ahead, leave that, Chris, you're fine. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, in, 
In the King James, it says they shall be filled. The New King James, it says they shall be filled. But it gives us this same idea. Within the Beatitudes, if you will, these are just simply a list of blessings that describe what the inner character of a true Christian should look like. And what true, the, the inner character of what every Christian can look like. Now, sometimes that's the, the differing, the differential is sometimes we don't always do what we would, and we talked about that this morning with Paul, but, but, but we, we, if you're truly a Christian, then you want to do the right thing. That doesn't mean we're always going to do it, but we, we want to do it if we're in the right place with God. And so these Beatitudes really are the innermost desire of a true servant's heart, a true servant of God for the kingdom of heaven. And really this is the beginning of a very intensive message or what, what one commentator even said was, a, was an intensive training session, Doc. And I sort of like that, that idea of an intensive training session for not only his 12 directly, and I've been to the, and I've stood on the, the Mount of Beatitudes, and it's a beautiful slope, a natural amphitheater. What a glorious place. And I can see where Jesus could have spoken to the, to the thousands in that area without modern-day microphones or conveniences, and they would have heard him. But as this intensive training for the twelve begins, we understand that this is a, a solid truth for living as a true disciple of God. One who puts Jesus first and everything else second. And while each one could stand alone, but they are linked together on the other side of the coin to make one unit. And so, it's, a, it's an unbroken chain, if you will, and each one building on the previous truth. When we think about the Beatitudes, the idea of blessedness is to be blessed, if you will, to be happy, to be authentic, uh, to be extremely or spiritual, joyful, um, what, any way you want to def define that. And, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment as we continue to build upon these, but go back and to help you to understand and just really drive home the point of, of this idea of being blessed. Uh, because in each one of these, it's a contradiction of the, what the world says should make you happy, should bring you joy, should give you peace. And so my first thought this morning as we think about this, is the idea that Jesus always begins with the heart. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus always begins with the heart. He's really showing His disciples within this the condition and the role that our heart plays. 
within our walk with Him. Now, when I say heart, guys, I'm not talking about the organ that pumps blood. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say heart, I'm talking about the innermost part of you that make you, you. The heart of who you are. The heart of your purpose. The heart of your being. What everything else centers around in and within you. That's what I'm talking about when I say the heart. And if we're truly a child of God, then, then Jesus has already gotten hold of our heart. And He's changed us. And we're a, we're a new creature. Living in the same old, wore out, broke body like mine is, Doc. But we're still a, a new living creature. We're a creation of God with a new spirit. We should have a new purpose and a new desire and a new hunger and a new thirst. All the old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new according to the Word of God. Why? Because Jesus has touched the innermost part of who we are. And these beatitudes, they touch and challenge us for where we are at this very moment. Now, exactly where you sit. As a child of God, I honestly believe every child of God desires to do better than what he may be doing. I honestly believe that. Because the Holy Spirit of God has us sealed and is teaching and leading and correcting. Now that doesn't mean we always listen. But I believe we desire to. Okay, Sometimes the flesh though does take control. It does take over. We don't always do what we would like to. These Beatitudes are just simply this idea that if we will get our heart in the right place, then each and every Beatitude, even though they can, they can stand alone, but when linked together, we see the true revelation of God. We're going to repent. And then God will use us in a way that we can't even begin to fathom. Now, I don't know about you individually. I haven't known you all that long. But God's given me a pretty good idea to, and, a, and a pretty good judge of people down over the years. I believe that's what you want as a church, that's, as, as a whole. But I also believe that's what you want individually. And the question I want you to think about this morning, what will I do with the opportunity God has given me this morning? That's what you've got to answer. Because I've already had to answer it. What will you answer? So, as we look at this, I want you to, in some, and, and please, Brother Chris, I've given him a whole list of Scripture. I'll get you a list of these Scriptures if you like. I would ask, because I'm going to flip through them pretty quick. Don't try to follow along in the Word. They're on a screen. Uh, but but uh, uh, just follow along or listen, if you will. In Psalm 10, verse 17 and 18, 
the New American Standard, and all these are coming from the New American Standard, the 95 edition. And again, we're talking about the idea that Jesus begins in the heart. And if we're going to hunger and thirst after righteousness, it has to come from the heart, okay? And so uh, Psalms 10, 17 and 18, O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You incline your ear to to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed so that man who is of earth will no longer cause terror. Psalms 40, or 74, 21, Let not the oppressed return dishonored. Let the afflicted and needy praise your name. Do you feel needy this morning? Do you feel needy this morning? May I give you a little revelation? If you don't, You're living in humanism because there's not a single hour that I don't need Jesus and more of Him. Okay? Psalm 109, 21 through 27 says this, But you, O God, the Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake. Because your loving kindness is good, deliver me, for I am afflicted and needy. My heart is wounded within me. I am passing like a shadow with, or when it lengthens. I am shaken off like the locust. My knees are weak from fasting. My flesh has grown lean without fatness. Also have become a reproach to them. When they see me, they wag their head. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your loving kindness. Let them know that this is your hand. Your Lord have done it. Or excuse me, you Lord have done it. Does that sound like your life this morning? That you're weak at the knee? That people wag their head in the things that that you do and the, the way that you're living? Because it's so contrary to the world itself. There's such, a, there's such a contrast for the desires that you have versus the desires of the world. What you say is success and what the world says is success. The only way that contrast is going to align with God is when we get it in our heart. When it goes much deeper than just our mind, Satan will get in our mind. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a child of God, Satan can't touch your heart. And so, think about it, guys. That When we begin with the heart, and I'm going to get to this idea about hungering and thirsting, but I want to set the stage on, on what this idea is. In Isaiah 30, 18, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice who blessed, or excuse me, how blessed are all those who do what? Long or wait for Him. I love the idea, the New American Standard Version says, who long for God. 
Do you really long for God this morning? Do you long to grow closer? Do you, do you long to dig deeper? It's not the idea that, I, that through compulsion that I have to. But because of who I am in Jesus, I want to. I want to dig deeper. I want to pray more. I want to live closer. I want to share Jesus. My compulsion isn't out of the law, but out of a changed heart. Let me put it practically. Diane and I have been actively seeking Christ and serving Him through the church since 1992. I was called into ministry in 1994. Since 1992, I can count on two hands the number of times that I've missed a Sunday morning service. You say, oh, Brother Rick, you're a preacher. That's what's expected. No, I'm a child of God and He deserves it. You say, okay, well, that sounds good. What about Sunday night? You all don't have a Sunday night service, and a lot of churches have gotten away from that. And I'm not being critical of that. Please, I'm not. If that's what God's led you to, you go for it and you stay there. And if that works for you, good. Most of the churches that I've pastored haven't had a Sunday night service, and I'm okay with that. But you know what Rick does on Sunday night? Rick finds a Baptist church somewhere to go to on Sunday night. I can count on two hands and one foot the number of times that I've missed a Sunday night service since 1992. That's not out of obligation. That's out of a heart's desire to be in worship service somewhere with the saints of God. Don't you dare compare yourself to me though. I'm not worthy of that. And don't disrespect me like that. Compare yourself to Jesus. Do what He would bid you to do. My point is this. Do we long to draw closer to God. Guys, not everybody's driven. Not every pastor's driven to attend Sunday night services somewhere if the church where they're serving as pastor doesn't have a Sunday night service. They're content with that. And I'm, hey, that's fine. That's between them and God. I just use my experience, my desire as an illustration to show you that it's not out of obligation that I attend, but out of a desire to serve God. When we think about how that Jesus touched the hearts of the people, Jesus would have used language, and certainly the concept and the Beatitudes would have been familiar 
with his audience. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit at the seat of scoffers. But listen, but the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. As Jesus is trying to get to her heart. Psalm 34, 6 and 9 says, The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him and rescues them. As I don't know about you, but I've gotten myself in so many messes if it wasn't for God rescuing me. I'd have been buried a long time ago. You see, Jesus deserves even far more than I give him. And at best, I should do all I can to give him all that I can. He goes on in, in Psalm 34, he says, Oh, taste, and I love this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We get this idea of hungering and thirsting. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. We're going to talk about being satisfied. Notice how Jesus... And in the teaching throughout the Psalms and the Old Testament, his audience would have been familiar with these teachings and this word. Psalm 65, 4, How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you to dwell in your courts. Do you understand, guys, that God chose you? God chose you. You didn't choose him. He drew you before you could even think about drawing close to Him. He wants you to dwell in His courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. How satisfied are you in Liberty Baptist Church? And evidently, and, and, and guys, I'm not trying to cast doubt here. Look, I'm not. Because it's not just about liberty. It's about your... The, the totality of your walk with God. But, but how satisfied are you with your fellowship and your service through this local congregation? If you're not, I would like to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Or if you're a lady, then your husband or a boyfriend or my wife and talk. And the reason I say that is, as a church member, maybe the problem isn't the church. Maybe you're seeking the wrong things. Maybe you're not drawing close enough to God to where God satisfies you. 
Let me give you a secret in being content in your worship service on Sunday morning. If you will experience God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, if you will read His Word, if you'll share your testimony, if you'll get on your knees or pray throughout the week, if you'll seek His face, if you taste the Lord and see that He's good, that He has rescued you, that He has provided for you, that He has chosen you, if you'll do that six days a week and then come in here, you'll find that this hour, hour and a half, two, two and a half hours, if you'll come to Sunday school, is much more vibrant. It's much more satisfying. Instead of be a, being a spectator, you'll become a participant. So how do I do that? I'm glad you asked that. And I'm getting ready to tell you that. For you see, let me remind you that the ones that Jesus was directly talking to here, and as they were listening to the message, they were living under uh, the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire. They were experiencing excessive taxation and denied freedoms. They were, they were persecuted by their own countrymen for listening and being with Jesus. They were the servants of God's kingdom who desperately needed a kingdom perspective and shown a hope of eternal inheritance that only Christ could present in these Beatitudes. And so when we think about that, the idea of blessed I give you a technical definition from the Strong's to be happy, deep joy, joy-filled contentment, an inner state of spiritual well-being. And then D.A. Carson adds and says to live an authentic life, which is exactly what this is. So, Within this idea of hungering and thirsting, Jesus is touching the, the, the essence of our heart as he unfolds and as he steps these beatitudes out for us. So, not only does he begin with the heart, but we see the longing of the heart. When we think about hungering and thirsting, we're not speaking of a shallow desire of just mere gluttony. We're not thinking about a, a, a shallow desire just to get the stomach filled. After all, what do we have to have really to survive in the world? We have to have oxygen, right? We have to have food, right? We have to have water, right? One commentator said, well, you, you actually have to have some type of shelter. And I could, have, I could go along with that depending on where you're at. Some would even go as far as to say that you need clothing, a covering. Well, you don't have to have a covering. 
It may be an ugly existence if you don't, but you don't have to have a covering. But what you do have to have is you have to have food and you have to have water. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but, uh, but by the very Word of God, or every Word of God, is the way He said it. And He told who? Who was He talking to when He said that? Talking to none other than Satan himself. After Jesus had just fasted for 40 days, He was in the Galilean area, and Doc had mentioned uh, the rocks in that area a few weeks ago in Sunday school. And a lot of them are very smooth from from a volcano eruption uh, years ago. And they're very smooth and they're round. And a lot of them are about like this right here. That would have been the shape of a a loaf or a, a bun, if you will, of bread. And as Jesus is hungering, Satan said, If you truly be the Son of God, Command these stones to be turned to bread. Jesus said, Mm-mm. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus said, Blessed are the hunger, or blessed are those who hunger and thirst, he's not talking about for material possessions here. He's not talking about merely um, an idle expression of gluttony. What he's referring to in this beatitude is an expression for a longing out of necessity. You ask me why do I attend church like I do? out of necessity. Not obligation. Not out of obligation to satisfy something that Rick has conjured up. Not as a way to brag before people. But it's as if I have to go. Even though I don't have to go. Does that make sense? I must go. And you ask my wife, man, if, if, I don't, if I don't get to go to church on Wednesday and Sunday, man, Rick's a horrible person. Because something is missing. You see, that's what Jesus is referring to here in this beatitude. Because really it is a matter of life and death. A condition of not having to, but desiring to, to where we are so dependent upon the grace and the mercy of God that if I don't satisfy this hunger within me, this thirst within me, that I'll bust. How many of you were around in the 70s? (laughs) a few of us don't sit there and smile just because you're that young yeah yo man I see what's going through man you remember the signs that the hippies used to say used to have California or bust Washington or bust DC or bust New York or bust 
If you remember, that was all over the papers and magazines and, and on TV shows and movies back in, the, back in the 70s. That's sort of the idea that we get from this. That this, there's such a longing for Jesus here. For blessed, happy, joyful, at peace, authentic Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. One commentator, and I won't say that I agree with him, but one commentator even went as far as to say that I'm already a child of God. Why do I need to hunger and thirst for any more righteousness? I'm already in a right positional standing, as Doc put it in Sunday school. Why do I need the hunger and thirst for more? Well, you see, when we think about righteousness, we're talking about being in the right relationship with God first, but also being in a right relationship with everybody else second. Who are you at odds with? Yeah, there may be more. So, I'm going to stop this morning right here. A condition of not having to, but longing to, for I have to. Do you really hunger? For a deeper walk with your Savior? Do you understand that your body is no longer yours, but it's been bought with a price? And that it is now the temple of God? In other words, what that means is there's a God is dwelling you through the Holy Spirit. Who are we? to deem what should and shouldn't happen within this temple when we're no longer ourselves. 2 Corinthians 15, 5 because of the forgiveness that we have I'm just going to paraphrase it that we no longer live for ourselves but we live for Him. Is that not a commitment that you made upon your point of salvation? Jesus, I want to live for you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Save me. Help me to do what you bid me to do. Is that not in some form of that, those phrases, is that not what you committed to? Well, let me ask you this, and I'll close. Is that what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, not just on Sunday? If the only time you pick your Bible up, and some of you don't even bring a Bible, and I understand 
phones. I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with that. But guys, there's something about having a Bible in your hands. There's something about setting a Bible in front of you, being able to feel it and hold it, that makes it distinct from anything else that you hold in your hands. You know that every word written in this is absolute truth. Nothing made up, but you can bet your life and you can lay your life down upon it. Some of you don't even bring it. Which makes me wonder, do you even pick it up through the week? But yet you committed, here's the life that I want. Jesus, will you help me? He's giving you the resource. Are you following through? Well, guys, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But as Brother Steve and I were talking even this morning, I know I'm an interim pastor here. Guys, I could stand up here and I could give you a fluffed message that tickles your ears and pats you on the back and puffs you up and makes you feel good. But what good does that really do you? What good does it do me? I would much rather challenge you with the Word of God to be a better Christian. I'd much rather, even if it's for 10 or 12 weeks or 16 weeks, ever how longevity goes, I don't know about that. But what I do know is while I, my time at liberty is here, I'm accountable to God for how I challenge you to live for Him. And so I challenge you this morning. Are you reading it? Are you praying it? Are you seeking His face? Are you tasting the Lord that see that He's good? Do you really hunger? Or is it just something that you haphazardly take for granted? You answer that. And we'll finish this next week. Laura's going to come. She's going to lead us in a hymn or in a song this morning. And this invitation is for you to come. Not just to stand there and sing along, but if God has spoken to your heart, if something is missing, if you question, if you wonder, make today the day that you settle it. Anything that God may put on your heart, you come. Let's dig into his word for a few minutes. Let's see. Brother Steve's here to help you. Brother Marshall's here to help you. Raymond can help you. Doc can help you. Others will help. If you're not comfortable with me, I get that, guys. Nothing on my part. This isn't about me. This is about you and God. Whatever it takes, let's make that happen today. Will you stand? Father, please be with this time of invitation. Speak softly to the tender heart. Give courage to boldly step out to make things right. We're going to trust that your spirit is moving, that you want people to respond.
Father, you've given the revelation. Father, I pray that repentance takes place so that we can feel revived even this morning. You're worthy of that. To you be the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Sister Laura, please.